Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bugs. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds Podcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC, with me as always, my co-host, with the absolute mo-host. Now, I want to be clear about this. This is the mo-host that they make these type of things with. I I asked them for the deluxe premium package when they gave me my mo-host, and this is what I got. JJ O'Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how's it going? It's going great. I'm I'm feeling premium today. I'm I'm ready for this, and it's going to be... A good time and a fun time. Anything, any reason, Johnny, why you're feeling especially premium today? Um, I'm just excited. You know, normally this is a drag and I hate doing it. Sure. But today I'm just excited to really get into it with this album and with you. Well, Johnny, before we do that, I have to ask you a question. Now, I know for a fact that you're a big decaf guy. Um, but I, I am now, thanks to you. Thanks to me. I, I'm trying to hook everybody that I can. What's your, like, do you have, like, a daily coffee regimen? Do you have, like, a plan that you stick to as far as coffee goes? I'm so glad you asked. I, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I thought about this. On, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Mondays and Fridays, I go to Dunkin' in the morning. I get a, a large iced coffee for me, a large uh, hot coffee for Jessica. Okay. If I'm uh, on some Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Jessica does have to go into the office. So I usually drive her in the morning. And on the way, we'll stop at Dunkin' and I'll get a large iced coffee <laughs> and she'll get a large black coffee. But okay, okay, okay. If she is not going into the office and it's not a Monday or a Friday, I will usually make uh, an iced coffee. I'll usually have two iced coffees in the morning uh, that I make with my AeroPress and gotcha. then a decaf in the afternoon. Okay. And then is that a is that a Wednesday thing as well? Because Wednesday was just left out of there completely. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Unless so if, if it's if Jessica's in the office, Wednesday's Duncan, and then I'll do Got it, got it, got it. Depending on how I'm feeling, because the large at Duncan is pretty large. It's a I big will drink. either do another one at some point or just the decaf. Gotcha. Just depends on how my Wednesday's looking. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. Now, now my uh, coffee regimen, it's pretty hard, it's fast, set in stone. Uh, on the weekends, I'll go a little crazy. You know, when there's when there's no plan, there's no schedule, we might walk to one of the three or four coffee shops that are around us. There's a great coffee shop um, that I, we go to uh, called Hurricane Coffee. I think they do, they're like also kind of like a Cajun-y uh, um, restaurant as well because they have like mm. beignets and stuff there too um, but they they have coffee and every time I walk over there it shocks me how cheap it is because I'll be like I'll have two cold brews and the, or two iced coffees I think is what they have there and they're like okay that's like four dollars and I'm like what are you talking about what are you talking yeah, about yeah for what tw- I said two I said it's, two <laughs> it's 2021 it, it, I feel insane I feel like a front um, and then there's another really great place called Spoken where we buy our bad coffee like our mm. grinding coffee uh, and they're you know, iced coffees are like $5 like they should be. You know, what is reasonable for a human being to pay for a nice coffee? 
But on most days, on most days, now this has changed significantly uh, since I got these fucking Invisalign in. You can't just like, I can't just pound, pound coffee all day. Um, but on most days, I will uh, wake up and we have an espresso, which I absolutely fucking love. Uh, and I'll do like either one or two shots of espresso in the morning, hot. And then I'll have an iced coffee around 10 o'clock. Uh, and that'll be probably my coffee intake for the day. And then maybe like a decaf, like closer to an after dinner thing. I like a, a little uh, after dinner aperitif decaf. Mm. But sometimes with these fucking teeth, it's not even worth it. And I say, no, I'm not going to take them out, drink the fucking tiny cup of coffee, put them back in, brush twice. No way. It's it's frustrating. I can't wait until they come out because my coffee routine will come back. But Johnny, the reason I mention it is today I just skipped having espresso shots completely, went straight to the iced coffee. And I got to tell you, I just don't feel like I've had enough coffee. My body is like, hey, you're you're like maybe two coffee shots behind what you should have been. And, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like that's that I'm in like a weirder funk because of that. You know, I um, Jessica was out of town recently. I didn't know that she was. Yeah, she okay. was visiting some family. I believe you in, you in Boston. Lie to me. So she she went to the she went to Duncan HQ. Oh yeah, um, corporate Duncan. <laughs> but and my so my my schedule was just all weird. So there was one, I think it was Saturday. I didn't have any coffee until like noon or one. Oh yeah, and I felt like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do a little experiment, Johnny. Not really love to because it would ruin my day. But I want to know how many hours it takes like not like how many days i want to know the exact amount of hours it takes for my body to start hitting caffeine withdrawal from the coffee what do you i mean i just get an extremely bad headache oh yeah i i would get i think that what would happen before i get the bad head the bad headache i think would come on later into withdrawal i think i would get bad mood before Mm. i get bad headache and i wouldn't really know why and then the headache i think would start but i think the bad mood would hit first I used to drink an absolute fuckload of coffee, or not coffee, co- Coke, soda. Oh, yeah. Uh, from like, I mean, middle school to to college, I just drank, I would like wake up. I never drank coffee. I would wake up and like drink a can of Coke. And it Ooh. was it was Ooh. bonkers. And I was like working at Ugh. the movie theater, just constantly, constantly drinking so coke. much Coke. And then one day I just said, I'm not drinking soda anymore. And I haven't since then. So then I, after the initial withdrawals from the caffeine, I was fine. And then I started drinking tea, which mm-hmm. is nice and not mm-hmm. as caffeinated. And then I think I've mentioned Jessica got me an AeroPress for Christmas last year. And that's it, man. I'm done. You know what, though? <sighs> of all of the addictive habits um, that I have kicked over the years, caffeine is one that I'm not even really interested in kicking. I'm like, let that. I, I have before. I've stopped it before. But I'm always coming back because... Man, I love a cup of fucking coffee. Sometimes when my vertigo is really bad, I can't drink coffee because oh, it makes yeah. me dizzier. Interesting. I asked, um, the, the one reason I was like, maybe I will stop drinking coffee was I was having some like teeth sensitivity issues. And I think it was because I was having like cold coffee, hot coffee. And I asked my dentist and I was like, is that is that coffee like bad for me and for like my teeth or like bad for the enamel? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, man, I really wish you would have said yes so I would never drink it again. But uh, I know. you said no, so I guess I can. Well, and I also drink mine black. I almost never put anything in it. Like occasionally 
I'll get like a cappuccino or something, but very rarely. And in my iced coffee at home, I put a splash, a tiny splash of oat milk in there, um, mm. which sometimes I'm not even that into. I think, honestly, I think I would rather just prefer it black, but we have the oat milk and I'm like, maybe I'll just put a splash in there. I will tell you though, the 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 one time that I do go crazy is of course fall because I'm your classic fall yep. girl. Yep. And I love, I mean, I like pumpkin spice a lot. But that Starbucks salted caramel mocha, oh, <laughs> mama. <laughs> I feel like I can resist that stuff pretty well. Because to me, they broke the mold when they made black coffee over ice. And you don't need anything else. You don't need water in there. Uh, you do need the ice. Uh, they, oh, that, but the other thing is that hurricane coffee place. I don't know why. I've never asked them why. But every time I've gone to get them, they give you iced coffee, no ice. Which I kind of like because they fill up the cup like all the way to the top. And okay. then I come home and put ice in it. And I'm like, I guess that they're just giving me more coffee. But it's weird that they've never, they're like, yeah, we do iced coffee, but it's cold, but there's no ice in it. But it, oh, so it is cold though. It's cold, yeah. Okay. They refrigerate it, but once they give it to you, there's nothing chilling it down. I kind of like the the melting of the ice through the drinking process. I do too. And, you know, it's a, maybe a 10 minute walk home. And once I get home, it's getting ice in it. But the part of me who's a consumer who just got two coffees for like four and a half dollars and they're full of coffee, like there's no, there's no like filler. Uh, it's just wild to me. Johnny, speaking of wild to me, we are reviewing an album today <laughs> <laughs> on the Bill Buds podcast from two. 2002. Johnny, would you believe that this is the first album from 2002 that we were reviewing on the Bill Buds main feed? I feel like we've been circling around 2002 for a while. Oh yeah, we've done a we've done a lot of 2001. Uh, 2002. We also did Sonic Adventure Battle Two on the Patreon. <laughs> okay. Um, and for 2002, we did uh, uh, Dead Ringer by RJD Two on the Patreon. Mm, both okay, both okay. from 2002. But this is the first main feed 2002. Okay. And of course, the subject matter that we are talking about uh, today, um, an album by the name of Let Go, uh, released June 4th, 2002, I want to say, 13 songs, 48 minutes and 41 seconds by one Miss Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Now, I wanted to say this. I, I believe that people called her the punk rock princess. Is that correct? Was that a name, a moniker that she had at I some point? I think so, Yeah. I know that she, you know, is widely credited as um, putting like this her like style of punk rock on the map and really opening the door for a lot of like punk ro- female punk rock singers. Although I think that this album is more like alternative rock than it is pump- I, punk rock. Yeah, I was going to say there's almost no pop punk on this album. Yeah. And I, I really do think that... Um, Pop punk was a little more of a, a little bit more of an ambiguous idea in 2002, at least, where they were like, "Yeah, this is this is the genre. This is all the same thing as pop punk." I honestly think a lot of it has to do with her look too. Oh, she Be- leaned into that. Yeah, because she, I mean, she looks very pop punk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I would call it alternative as well. She looks like someone. Um, like crashed a uh, hot topic freighter delivery truck uh, into a uh, Canadian high school. That's that's Dude, kind of her whole look. I'll tell you what, though, watching these videos, I fucking love the look. I it's such a good look. I I mean, it's like dated in one of the best ways. Like mm-hmm. it, truly, 
I, I mean, uh, she's like a, I think maybe like four or five years older yeah. than us. Um, but I remember this look, this hot topic look. I remember wanting a lot of this stuff, not really owning it. Yes. Like one of my biggest regrets in, lo- in life is that I never had fashion fingerless gloves. I mean, I got fingerless gloves, but they're mostly for weightlifting. And, and they, they're really like a practical thing. And they're not really like, you know, for uh, uh, punk rock. When I got my learner's permit, I was wearing a a black t-shirt that said kiss me i'm a pirate of course and yes, underneath please. i was wearing like mesh i had like mesh sleeves that of were course. uh not fingerless but you know it has like the thumb loop yeah 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 so that that was like the picture on my driver or my learner's permit i had one mesh t-shirt uh growing up that i remember but it was like an orange t-shirt with black mesh over it so it wasn't like like exposed mm. mesh um, but that was the only piece of mesh clothing that i owned until now i have a bunch of mesh tank tops and that's again it's more of a practical thing because the airflow goes through uh, uh nice i uh oh man i love the fingerless the the thumb loop is what really that i the thumb still loop is cool would as wear oh, so johnny i gotta ask you though what is your experience with this album from 2002 um and, and i guess more broadly i guess with avril lavigne yeah so I obviously heard the singles then. Sure. Like, you couldn't not. You couldn't not, yeah. Um, but I had never listened to the whole album until maybe two or three months ago. Oh, I was wow. talking, yeah. I was talking to a friend. Um, I don't know how it came up. We just started talking about Avril Lavigne, and we were both like, we should listen to the album. And we did. And then I didn't really think much of it again. And then it became pop punk month accidentally. And I yeah, said, accidentally, sure. Let's do this. So you had listened to this album, knew full well that this does not qualify as punk, uh, a pop punk. And still we're like, let's do this. Pop I'll punk be punk. honest. I did forget yeah. that it was cause, cause for, you know, 15 years or whatever, I've uh-huh. just, she's just been pop, the pop punk princess to me. I think if you have you know Skater Boy at all, and you just have that, and you, if the whole album sounded like Skater Boy, I would be like, yeah, this has a pop punk vibe to it. But yeah, I mean, it, it really does a kind of it, it's a little bit deceptive with the image that she presents with the album as it is. Um, well, without getting into how you felt about the album when you listened to it three months ago, I will say that I was aware of Avril Lavigne because when, when this album came out, was very much in the phase of my life where. This, you know, even alternative rock music was big with me. It was like alternative oh, rock same. and pop punk were were my big genres at that time because that was what was on the radio. And I heard Complicated. I heard Skater Boy, um, you know, because they, those two things were kind of, you know, everywhere, especially when the album first came out. And I was trying to remember this as I was listening to the album. I was like, how did I feel about Avril Lavigne when she first came out? And I remember vividly she was doing a live like acoustic show and i think it was only she was only doing like three songs at the glendale mall in indianapolis um kind of near my house and one of my friends went and she was wearing the red tie from the video and she threw it out in the crowd and he caught it whoa yeah um but i remember him asking if i wanted to go and i remember not going because i thought it kind of sounded lame because i kind of thought that she was lame and then like months later i was like oh i kind of wish i had gone to that show just because why wouldn't you know just to see it so i i was very conflicted because i remember at the time thinking 
like Skater Boy was not the kind of like kind of thrashy pop punk that mm-hmm. I was really into. And then years later, I grew to like it uh, more than just like the meme version of liking it. Like I think that, you know, Complicated Skater Boy, the singles off of this album are very good. But I don't think I ever really got into, like, listened to the album until probably a decade, you know, 2010, like a decade after it had come out mm. and I had listened to the album. But it wasn't one that I revisited. And revisiting it for the show, I was, like, struck by the songs I remembered and struck by the songs that I completely had blocked out of my memory, even though I know that I had listened to them before. But I was yeah. like, I've listened to this before. I have no memory of it whatsoever. Yeah. It's 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 weird too because you chose this album, you pitched this album, and I was assuming that you had had more experience with it than than me. This may be one of the first times you've pitched an album that I'm like, oh yeah, I've I've known about this album for longer. No, I mean I you know I like the songs that I heard on the radio, so it was like yeah, let's this is great, and I I like her, you know, sure. I have no whatever. As far as I know, she seems like a pretty nice kind of Canadian person. She's one of these artists that I just don't know too much about either. Like I've kind of tangentially tracked her career. I don't think I've ever listened to another Avril Lavigne album, but I've heard other Avril Lavigne songs. I know she was married to both the guy from Sum 41 and the guy from Nickelback at separate times. Uh, And I remember like the Hello Kitty thing where she did the Hello Kitty thing. Yeah, that one's not great. Johnny Nickelback or whatever, which, uh, yeah, not not great. Um, And I remember that just being like a funny kind of ha-ha joke thing. Uh, But yeah, I, I just really have not kept up too, too much with her. Um, so I would be, you know, but that basically means that we can do later Avril Lavigne albums on the show and I can do some more Avril Lavigne research. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the most, well, she, she was on the Willow album. Oh yeah. That's which true. is, yes. We caught up with her recently. Yeah. Yeah. We've, so yeah, I think it's nice to go back, see where it all began. Uh, Johnny, we've been yakking about it for too long. We have to talk about this album. So before we can get into it, I just want to say this peaked um, in Sept- on September 27th, 2002, at number two on the Billboard Top 200. That's pretty good. It spent 97 weeks on the chart. Uh, so two years uh, this spent on the chart. Wow. And it had uh, four singles that all charted on the like Hot 100. So it, it was a pretty, and it was her most commercially successful album, uh, highest selling album to date. And then they, I don't know if you saw this, there was a fifth single mm-hmm. that was only a single in New Zealand, which is yep. extremely strange. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we uh, cover that uh, track. But uh, Johnny, let's get into it. Let's start off this album with, you know, this is Let Go. This is the first track, Losing Grip. I 
Okay, so that is a little bit of Losing Grip. Uh, this was the fourth single, first track, fourth single, peaked at 64 on the Hot 100. So it, it was a charter. It was, you know, it, it yeah. was a charter. Um, I really like this song a lot. I, I, I love, I genuinely love her voice. And I think the chorus is really great and really like, it just gets you. Yeah. Um, and th- this, uh, you know, I'll just say it. I think this is my favorite song on the album. Oh, interesting. That's cool. I mean, well obviously done. like S- Skater Boy is like, like, yeah, that one is okay. in the, whatever. Hey, I mean, she's got four singles, and uh, I think you know all of them can be contenders for best song of the album. But I, I especially the chorus in this one, just really kept like getting its hooks in me. Um, I, I think it's so great when those guitars hit too. But that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it doesn't. This is not a punk pop song. Oh no, this is an alt rock song. Well, uh, you know, listening to this, and I, I listened to this album quite a bit in prepping for the show sure. more than more than I usually do. I would say. And this, there were a few songs where I got this, but a lot of these songs could have been like whatever Alanis Morissette in 2002 was doing. Yeah. And which is, I mean, I love Alanis Morissette, so it's like fine. But I was, it was so interesting that like the image in everyone's head of her is pop punk. And this, these, these all felt very Alanis Morissette to me. Speaking of Alanis Morissette, Johnny, because it's a comparison that I made as well, or I I kind of realized as well. Both of them are Canadian. Is it because they have like distinctly Canadian voices? That's a good question. I I feel like they have similar vocal styles. So I'm not sure if that's a Canadian thing or just like a stylistic choice, but it... I I didn't know if I could make that comparison because I didn't know how accurate it was, but I was definitely getting some, like, when I listen to this album, her voice sounds more like Alanis Morissette's voice than I remember it sounding, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, like you said, especially a lot of the, like, kind of cadence or vocalizations. And, like, like the the, ends of the words that she does, yeah. mm -hmm. Like, in this song, she goes, which is a very Alanis thing. Um. Yeah, I, I, I was getting that too. I don't know. Maybe it's like some. Maybe there's like some. Uh, I don't know, like Canadian music sort of pipeline that they go through, <laughs> or you yeah, know, like be, where it's be. like, this is this is of the style. Well, let, let's. Know. We should say that this album is. She's 17 when she's composing and writing this album and working on this album. So she is young, young, yeah. young when she's putting this album out, and I think. Um, she got knocked by some critics for having some pretty like uh, uh, lyrics, but I'm like, these lyrics are coming from a 17 year old. So yeah, putting it in, you know, the proper context of who it is that is writing some of these songs, it's it's pretty wildly impressive. I will say, even though some of the lyrics on this album are not like the most sure. hard hitting or yeah, and she's credited for writing every single song. I mean, she has help on them, but she is 
we we will definitely talk about yeah. this, but there is a little bit of a controversy as well with who actually wrote the songs. Avril was like, I wrote everything, and some people helped a little bit. And then the the team that helped her produce this album um, were like, yeah, we wrote most of them, and she kind of helped a little bit. So, you know, and I'm not truly interested in who wrote what, because no one should be that proud of the lyrics of <laughs> this album. But, you know, to, to each their own. Johnny, yeah, a real, a real Lennon-McCartney situation. Yeah. Did you watch the video for this one? I did. Okay. Um, did you? Yeah, I would say that this video, and I watched all these videos. Mm-hmm. This video is weird because it's just kind of a live show. It feels like another one of these afterthought videos. When I watch, I watched them in order as they appear in the album. So I watched this video first, mm-hmm. even though it was not the first single, so it was not the first video made. I assume I have no idea how it works, but I found that she had like zero charisma in this video. It was interesting. She wasn't she very was, emotive, you know. No. Yeah, I it. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. Maybe it was a choice. I feel. I do feel like this style of video. Yeah. Was a thing at this time. Like I, I would agree with that. Just, just very gray colors, and you're doing a concert, and that's it. I, I also think that the she gets more expressive in other videos on this album. Oh, yeah. So I was like, maybe it was a choice or. It was like bad direction. Like no one was telling her what to do and she was just singing. And in other videos, they were like, no, 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 we want this out of you. You know, so yeah. something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Well, in in the rest of them, they're like doing stuff in the videos yeah. too. But this is just like, okay, do a concert. Yeah. Um. So speaking of doing stuff, let's talk about track two. This is the, sec- um, this is the first single, but the second track. This is a song called Complicated. Okay, so that is a little bit of complicated track two. Johnny, this song held the top spot on the Billboard's adult top 40 for 16 weeks. It was number two, uh, reached number two on the Hot 100. Um, This was huge. This was a huge, huge, huge song. I mean, this was her debut, like, song. This is what, like, introduced Avril Lavigne to the world of music in 2002. This was huge. I I'm I was actually surprised by that because I would have assumed that Skater Boy was the first single until no, no. I learned. I, I remember vividly complicated coming out before Skater Boy and it yeah because this was the song that I heard first for Avril Lavigne as well. Um and yeah man this, this song is fucking good. It's still it still slaps pretty hard. It's extremely good, especially like when you're that age. She's a she's a teenager writing this. We were like teenagers listening to it young young adults young adults sure um tweens if you will i mean it's so relatable you know it's it just hits when you are that age i mean yes the song is about the song is about like 
not being who you are at an age where no one knows who they are. Mm -hmm. Everyone's desperately trying to fit in. And in a way, you know, this is another way to fit in, to be like, oh, yeah, I'm like the skater complicated, you know, type. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what the song is. And that's what the album is to a certain degree. Now, I think this is such a good song and it tackles this theme so well. We might hear some songs later on in the album that try to tackle this exact same theme, and I'm like, "Why? You already have complicated on this album. Like, this yep. is the this is it. This is the song for that theme. If Let you go. Have nothing, if you have nothing new to say, just go back and I'll, I, I I point you to Exhibit A, Complicated, the song you've already heard. <laughs> it's so good. She, she does a lot of uh, this in the album, which I really enjoy. Uh, she's got like the, I call it vocal filler, but I don't want to put a negative context to it, but it's like the no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Like the, any, any of that kind of stuff. And for some songs on this album, it works so well. Like the no, no, no part of this song mm-hmm. sticks with me. Whereas some of her other vocal filler feels just like filler. Like you didn't write lyrics or you're just trying to like get over these four bars so you can get to the chorus again or something like that. But it it, it struck me as odd in this album because it happens a lot. And some of it I think is very effective, maybe unintentionally so. And some of it is just straight up like, oh, you just need you had to get 16 seconds out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do agree on this, though. It's like the no, the no, no, no's are. I mean, everything about this song is, like, iconic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it truly is. And it, it captures the essence of not fitting in so fucking well. And I also love how it's directed outward. It's directed at another person. Like, I'm watching you act this way, and it's fucked, because I'm listening to the song, and now I can cast this out at the people in my life that are acting this way, but it's fucked. It's, it, it is, I think it's such a good... It's such a good uh, angle and delivery system for that message. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you watch the video? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a this is a fantastic video. This is a video like this video feels like what the skater boy video should have been. I thought the same thing. <laughs> she starts she starts this video skateboarding. She's with a bunch of skater boys. They go to the mall and they're just ripping shit up at the mall. And I'm like. Why is this not the Skater Boy video? The video choices I will say for this album are overall kind of confused. I, the what they this is a a slow sort of introspective song, uh-huh. and they're having a very good time at the mall, yeah. and it doesn't make sense. No, but I this video I, I wrote down looked like a blast to make because she's just like she's punching a mannequin. They're all trying on jewelry. She hooks a guy's lip ring. Like it's you know they're just having fun. They're just it's just goofs at the mall. Um, I love the mall. I love goofs. This is my ideal video. I love even here too. I fucking love the look. We need to bring it back. Yeah. Um, and one thing, did you find this? Just a just a strange choice. They're doing the sort of like dressing room montage uh-huh. and they keep coming out in all these goofy clothes. And then at one point, one of the dudes comes out in uh, some outfit. I don't even remember. But the goofy thing is that his pants are just around his ankles. Yeah. Not even not wearing them. No, they're just not, around his ankles. Not wearing them is funny to me. Around his ankles feels crass. 
she also does a bit in this video where she takes her pants down and just sits on a chair. I think that was a camping toilet. Oh, that's a camping toilet. Okay, so she was making fun of. She was. I'm she doing was making this on a camping toilet. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I thought it was a stool, and I'm like, nobody cares. You put your butt on that. <laughs> nobody cares. And it's not even your bare butt. You're wearing underwear. No. Uh, Johnny, one thing that really bothered me about this video is obviously the cops chase them around. One cop is just like drinking a soda. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really want to be there. And they're like, they're security guards. They're not cops. They're like mall security guards. At the very end of the video, there's like people kind of breakdancing, but they're not really breakdancing. They're just kind of like dancing a little bit. And then the cops go up there and it cuts away. And I'm like, surely when it cuts back, the cops are going to be fucking dancing. And it's going to be like, oh, it's funny because the cops are dancing. But it wasn't. The cops just kind of were like, oh, and then they ran away. And I was like... What just happened? Did did was the plan to have them dance, but then you got the guy and he was like, I can dance. And then you saw him dance. And you're like, you, can you really dance? And he was like, I've never danced before in my life. They're like, get out of here. We can't use you. We already shot the video. Yeah, that's I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Johnny, one last thing that we have to talk about, because this is the point where I, I clicked into it because I had to look at it. Did you see that the team that helped produce this album with Avril Lavigne, three people. Mm. And they go by the Matrix. Yeah, which is, did you? I mean, they were they were started in 1999, which means they saw that movie and said, "We'll take it." That movie came out in 1999. <laughs> now the thing is, they claimed that they used the word the, the the name of the Matrix to like bring anonymity to them, so like they weren't like kind of going to be like forward facing, and no one really knew who the Matrix was. But at the same time, that was a huge movie. So you named it after like a huge popular movie. Like it didn't make any. I went such a deep dive on this. I, I it, it's it's wild. And without when I first saw that, and like you know, before I kind of read more about them, I was like, there's a, there's like an eighty percent chance mm-hmm. that the three people in the Matrix are like. The three black eyed peas that are <laughs> Will I Am and yeah, Fergie. Yeah. Or I guess they're two. Uh I, I did kind of a deep dive on them because I was so interested. They they have worked with a bunch of people, you know, um uh Liz Fair, Jason Raz, Hillary Duff, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Shakira. Corn. Corn. They did like two corn albums. They've worked with a ton of people. Um, but <laughs> they the thing that I found most interesting about them was they wanted to do their own album, and it did come out, but the person that they got to be like the lead singer for their album when they were putting it together was Katy Perry before Katy Perry blew up. And then they finished the album, and they were like, we want to put the album out, and Katy Perry was like, let me put all of my tracks out for my album in like 2008 before the album comes out. I want like my thing to be you know front and center. And, the, and it wasn't like The Matrix with Katy Perry. It was just The Matrix. They didn't even say Katy Perry's name. She was just the one singing it. But... The album really like never came out. Katy Perry put her song out, blew up, like became a big pop star. And then in like 2009, they like quietly dropped the album and it didn't get like it just the end of the article just says the album failed to obtain any notable commercial success. And then Katy Perry was quoted as saying, thank God that didn't come out. You know, I had this kind of quirky, unique perspective and they had a very mainstream pop perspective, which was really cool, too. But I wasn't used to it. We made a record that sonically sounds brilliant, but doesn't say much, even though there's a few songs I still love. My own stuff is very hard on my sleeve. So 
it, it just like there's like a weird Katy Perry album that silently dropped and no one ever like knew about it that came out in like 2009 called The Matrix. Can I'm going to see if it's on iTunes. Did you look? I didn't look. I, I couldn't. I was like, I don't really want to ever hear it. I just love that it exists. It's somewhere out there. It, it, it happened. I need I need to know. Uh, it's so funny to search for the fucking Matrix because that's a very famous thing. Yeah, basically naming the band The Matrix just uh, ensured that they would be nuked by SEO everywhere because you'd never be able to find anything else about the band because or the producing team. Like, if I'm a musician and they're like, we want you to work with The Matrix, I'm like, okay, so what? We got, like, Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves, and we're just, you know, Morpheus is going to be there? Is that what's going on? I don't think it's on here. That's a shame. Johnny, it doesn't surprise me that that is just destroyed and is no longer on the internet, because it shouldn't be. It rightfully shouldn't be. But we do, Johnny. We do have to move on. So let's talk about track three. This is Skater Boy. That is a little bit of Skater Boy. Johnny, this bad boy peaked at number 10 on the top, uh, the Hot 100 uh, chart. So uh, not as not as successful as Complicated. Um, I mean, th- this one still slaps. This is like the pop punk song on the album. I think it goes really hard. It sounds great. It, it tells a fucking story. I love a song with a story in it. Yeah. Uh, a couple things stood out to me when I was like actually listening to and reading the lyrics. Uh-huh. Five years from now, she's all alone. Or five, five years now, she's at, at home while she's feeding the baby. She's all alone. Five five years from being in high school, already having a baby. That was distressing to me, a 32-year-old man. Who, who has no babies. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's a choice, but I, I certainly have friends that had uh, kids. I mean, faster than that. I had friends that had kids in high school. And... I didn't realize, but the 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 perspective of this song is very strange to oh, me. Oh yeah, and it never really occurred to me until I was really diving deep. But it's it's a woman who is singing about her boyfriend or husband and a girl that he didn't date in high school. Because she like she wouldn't date him in high school. Yeah. And she's like, hey, well, fuck you. I'm dating him now. It's like, it feels like something that is really a non-issue that she yeah. is choosing to make a really big issue. Well, it, it, it's a song about another woman. So she's singing this song about another woman. The boyfriend is kind of like the central like connecting tissue to the story. But basically, it's like, 
it's it's all about this girl, and she's such a loser now because she fucked up because this guy was going to be a star, which how could any of us know at that age, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just a random roll of the dice. It's, it's lucky chance. And how are we supposed to know that you're really going to end up with the person that you were with in high school? Well, some of us did. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just like, it's such a wild series of events to tell this story from this perspective. And like, I don't, there's no evidence in the song, I don't think, that the Avril or, you know, whoever's telling the story even knew these people in high school. It almost yes. feels like they met later and he was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I kind of had this crush on this girl, but, you know, whatever. And then she's like, we got to write a song. Babe, we got to write a song about this. <laughs> well, the other thing that's interesting with this song is, too, is the line he wanted her she'd never tell secretly she wanted him as well so this whole thing could have been avoided you know this are true romeo and juliet story if she had just been like hey screw what my friends think i'm gonna date the skater boy uh and and, and then avril's just really like rubbing her nose in the fact that she and just to throw in that she's like pregnant and her husband's really not home or, or the father of the baby's not home it's like wow we're really rubbing salt in the wound right does uh, does your does your pretty fucking face see what he's worth? Do you do you see how bad you fucked up now? And I do get at the beginning she's saying I said see you later boy, and then later Avril takes it back to be like I'm saying see you later boy. I'll be backstage after the show. If you've just done a show together and you're you know it's you've just done a concert, you probably went up there for an hour. Would you really say see you later if you're just walking back to the room right back there? No, I didn't read it. In my head, the person singing this maybe helped write the songs, but doesn't perform. So she's like, have a good show. See you later. I'm going to be backstage. (laughs) She says, I'll be at our studio singing the song we wrote. Yeah, you got to lay out a demo track before you put the... (laughs) And she's Levine. She's singing it. How does my interpretation make any less sense than... Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, my, I started this premise with this doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I think that overall, Johnny, some of the lyrics in the song, it's funny because it starts out with the like the second line is, can I make it any more obvious? Like, duh. Do you get what's happening here? <laughs> and then later on, she says in the bridge, she says, sorry, girl, but you missed out. Well, tough luck. That boy's mine now. We are more than just good friends. This is how the story ends. It's like, we get it. <laughs> like, we're more than good. No one thought at the point where we're hitting the bridge in the song that you're just good friends with this guy. No one thought that. Everyone this knows is, this is your dude. This is how the story ends, but the song is only halfway over. But the song's got much, much more. This song still slaps. I love this song. A thousand, oh, it's a it's a fantastic song. A thousand bops in heaven uh, with, for this song. <laughs> the, um, the, the video? Did you yeah, watch the, the video? video? Yeah, the video is... It, there's BMX biking. She it actually is kind of cool how they're like shutting down like you know a city intersection to an impromptu mm-hmm. uh, concert that all the kids are going to, um, and then they're like smashing up their own cars with guitars and stuff like that. And honestly, if like I heard that Avril Lavigne was going to do like this like public art you know shutting down traffic concert, and I lived in like New York City or whatever, I'd go to it. it sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, but as a video, it's. It's whatever. It doesn't. It, this is a story song, and I th- really thought we would get a story video with it, which we t- kind of didn't really get any story videos on this album, which is a bummer. But um, well, maybe may, uh, maybe the the fourth one kind of is a little story esque, but not really. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But this well, is a fun. It's a fun video. 
thankfully we have the video for Hello Kitty, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that, which tells the story. All right, Jenny, let's talk, uh, check in with uh, track four. This is the third single. This is I'm With You. All right, that's a little bit of I'm With You. Uh, Johnny, this one was a hit number two on the top 100, so same as Complicated. Um, I'll say it. This song fucking destroys. I love this song. It's so fucking good. I never heard this song um, with the... uh, when I heard like Skater Boy and Complicated, I think it came out like closer to Christmas to try to like pull mm. a, a more mature sound for like parents and maybe they would like buy the album. The the sure. whole thing with marketing and singles is wild. So I never heard it. It was on the Scrubs soundtracks. So I loved the Scrubs soundtrack. Zach, Zach Braff got me, man. He fucking got me with his little Scrubs this, soundtrack. This song's going to change your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's when I first heard it. And I was like, oh, man, this song slaps. And then I was like, oh, this is Avril Lavigne. Oh, this is, you know, this. I was like, oh, I, I the only songs I'd heard were like Complicated and Skater Boy. So I was like, that's wild. Um, and there's a little bit of contention because I think Avril Lavigne wanted this song to be the first single because she wanted this like mature sound to be the sound that people identified her with. Whereas it was Complicated was the first single, which is more of that like punk persona. Yeah. Um, which they were trying to drive because they were like, that's kind of your image that we're going for. I just think all the marketing aspect of it is, is super strange because the songs sound so different. Like this song sounds so different from Skater Boy, you know? Yeah. It's it's wild. It, it sucks. It, it sucks that it's all a machine, you know? Mm-hmm. I would I would love to have seen and you know maybe they know maybe they do know better and she the album wouldn't have been successful if it you know whatever if they she had used her singles that she wanted but it would be nice to see like what she wanted well well, the the whole idea of this is so in an exploitative anyway because she was signed when she was like 15 or 16 they spent two years trying to find like what her sound was and she wasn't happy with it when she finally started working with these producers they um, I think Complicated was the first one that they wrote together. She brought that back to the label, and the label was like, yes, this is your sound. Like, do a record that sounds like this type of thing. And so it's all, all of it is so, like, you know, created. But also mm-hmm. when you're 17, it's just like, man, I remember being 17. You just have no fucking idea. Like, you don't know what your sound is. You don't know what your voice is at 17. You just have yeah. to, like, trust that these older people that are helping you produce this thing ha- can help you, with, you know, create a sense of the things. I it is just, it is, it's weird. It is all a machine, but it's like, I still think that the machine cranked out a pretty good song with I'm With You. She still says that this is one of her favorite songs, one she always loves performing. She dedicates it to the fans. It's it's a fantastic song. And I, you know, I don't usually like the slow songs. Yeah. I like this song a lot. It's the the way that she says it's a damn cold night. So I love good. that. Uh, this is my favorite on, my, on the album. Like, hands yeah. down, not even close. I This one... 
This one, I think, is the one in my mind that just ages the best because it feels mm-hmm. kind of timeless too, to to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I, I I fucking I just fucking love this one. And this was the sample, the yeah 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 yeah, yeah was sampled oh. for a Rihanna song, um, like ten years later. And then Avril Lavigne is in the video for that Rihanna song. What song? Uh, cheers, drink to, uh, in parentheses, drink to that. I don't remember that. That's really cool. It's weird because this song, I feel like those yeah yeahs are like not the most iconic part of this song, and that's the part that Rihanna sampled. So you don't get any of the damn cold night or any of that in the song. But it, yeah, it's it's in there. Hmm. Neat. Did you watch the video? I did watch the video, Johnny. I love a video that starts at Kocheck. <laughs> Dude, my favorite part about this video is when there's like a, a guy talking to a girl. He like kind of disses the girl to like, you know, talk to um, uh, Avril. He like tries to grab her and she straight up like pushes him through a building. Like the way that she fights this guy off, I'm like, holy shit. Like she Hulk strength throws this guy across the room. And I'm like, good. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's a cool thing to put in a video. She She's walking... In slow motion for a lot of it. Yeah. And, you know, lip syncing. And that made me, that got me thinking, like, they must have played the music extra fast for her to lip sync to. So that when they slowed it down to make her walk slow, her lips were matching the music. And that must have been such a trip to record. Yeah. Because she's probably been playing this song the right speed for however long. And then they're like, okay, we got to film this. And then she's just got to, like, I didn't even think about that. The thing I did notice in this video, Johnny, um, is that she is like one million times more expressive than in any other videos. And I think it's great. I think she's doing like when I watched this, I was like, oh, yeah, holy shit. She can like she can really sell this stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, which I didn't quite get the impression of the other videos. But I, I, I really liked this video because of that fact, because I thought she was doing great work in it. Yeah, it's a it's a good video. It's a good it's a great song. It's a great video. It's a great song. All right, Johnny, let's talk about track five. Um, so we've put four tracks into the album. We've hit all four singles. Uh, track five, this is the one that you were talking about that was like a New Zealand single. Um, let's listen to a little bit of Mobile. People from Alabama call it Mobile. <laughs> Thank you. Filler. Okay, so that is a little bit of uh, mobile. Um, also, Johnny, I know that the song is called um, Mobile, but I did not know that the lyrics to this song, and I've heard it before, were I'm a mobile. I always thought it was I'm a mobile. And I don't mm. like I'm like I can't move or like I'm stuck rooted in place. I that's I don't know. It's not. It's I'm a mobile, which is that thing that like goes over a baby's crib. Oh, uh, I I was like, what is this about a phone? Like what? <laughs> I don't think that people like mobile is just not one of those words that is like common enough to be like I'm a this, and then the people are like, oh, I know what that is. Maybe well, and for if I were saying I am. 
mobile, I would say mobile. But the thing that you have over a baby's crib, I would call a mobile. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I truly don't know. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Well, I was going to say, are, mob- are mobiles bigger in Canada? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, know I think a couple that they're babies. only big for people who have babies or are babies or like, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I think all babies kind of have them. Hmm. Probably. This one is also weird, Johnny, because like the guitar riff after the bridge feels more like classic rock to me. Like it just mm. it just feels like a weirdly like it feels more like alternative rock, but with like a classic or southern rock flair to it. Um, I there were a couple songs on here. I was getting a little bit of southern rock, which was yeah. interesting. Uh, this one was weird, too, because it had an unfinished video that never released. And then 10 years later, they kind of just like dropped it. And we're like, here's this unfinished video. Um, and the unfinished video looks unfinished but she is there's like closest ups of her singing this song crying and i'm like oh that's that's an interesting thing to like include like keep in the video but again the video nothing was kept in the video because they the video didn't get released um yeah overall i i i did like this one i did too i like this song it's good yeah uh, I think I texted this to you, Johnny, but this was the point in the album where I was like, holy shit, this album's got no skips. And I looked down and I was like, oh, I'm five tracks in. I don't know why it felt like I'd listened to a whole album at this point, but I was only five tracks in. Well, because you wouldn't assume that they would put all five of the singles as the first five tracks. And I would be wrong if I had assumed that they wouldn't do that. Uh, Johnny, let's talk about track six. This is Unwanted. That sound, that's like Incubus. I, I had the same thing in my notes. That's like classic Incubus sound. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because like <laughs> we're getting we're getting like classic Incubus sounds in this. And it's like, okay, so this is just like, this is not a punk pop album. This is like very much an alternative rock album. Yeah, just absolutely an alternative album from 2002. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so dated. It's such it's such a sound like someone just grabbed an Incubus track and threw it onto this album. Um, and it has that little like that little whistle in there too, which I feel like was only in use in like three years in the 2000s. Um, I, I I'll be honest, I still like this song. Oh, this song is fantastic. It's the great. chorus, yeah, the chorus whips ass. It's so good. It's good. It it it's also like. It's about going and having dinner at a boyfriend's parents' house and they kind of treated you poorly because they didn't like that you were with their son. And I'm like, this is a song written by like a 16-year-old because what else do they have to write songs about? Right. It doesn't have the power that Complicated has or Skater Boy has, but it's definitely true. Like it rings true and it doesn't ring like a 40-year-old person wrote it, you know, for Mm -hmm. her. It feels like a song for her, but it's just like, it's just not something that, like, <laughs> with punk pop, there's so much of it is boiled down to emotion, but the emotion in this song is just, like, a thing that I really don't give a shit about, and I would, like, rather just, like, pass on and never think about again. So it's just weird that it became a song, because I'm like, oh, there's nothing tying me to this feeling. It very much, the cor- the chorus especially, which I do love, does feel like something that you would, like, yell to your parents right before you slam the door. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. That's a really great thing. I mean, I think there are a lot of tracks on this album that are door slam, this song mm. plays five seconds later tracks. And then the parents are like, oh, can you believe it? She's yeah, up there in her room playing the damn Avril Lavigne. That's extremely good, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, again, this one's still good. I, I, so far, six tracks in, I've liked every track that has yeah. appeared on this album so far. Same. Um, and we only have seven more tracks to go. So let's talk about uh, track seven. This is Tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so here's, here's my thing with Tomorrow. I, this song is kind of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's kind of slow. I, I do like the melody uh, that, uh, you know, I like the way she sings it, but lyrically it's like, you know, it's sparse. There's not much to it. Like tomorrow is a different day is like, okay, you're not really saying anything about anything, but I don't really want to pick it apart too much because it's a 17-year-old kid that wrote it, you know? Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is, like, for, for what it is, it's almost four minutes, and it definitely feels like an almost four-minute song. It's, yeah, this is a this is a pretty whatever song. It It is long. It's not, it's, like, inoffensive. Exactly. I do, I do like, um, like, in the chorus and the bridge, I like the layering of, like, the yeah yeahs over yeah. the, the lyrics and stuff. I think that's really nice. But, yeah, overall, it's, like, there's there's not much here. But I I don't hate it. I just don't – I don't care. I, you know, I don't hate it either. And I listen to this album probably not as much as you. But, I, I mean, I listened to it a few times. And the thing that I found strange was by the time I get to Tomorrow – there's no way that I'm in the mood to listen to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like I listened to the first six tracks and I liked them all. And they all do. A lot of them do sound a little different. Like they don't really yeah. sound like, uh, Oh, this is a coherent thing that this album is going for. And by the time I get to tomorrow, I'm like, give me one of the other six things that you tried to sell me early on. Don't, don't give me this seventh thing. I, I'm not into this seventh thing. Yeah. A lot of this album, which I feel like we've encountered a, a lot is um with like first albums of of yeah. artists is like young artists too th- yeah they're just trying to figure it out yep yeah and I, I i i i think that we did and i think that we figured it out avril you're not a tomorrow person that's not Mm-mm. that's not what you are as a uh, as a musician i would say she's anything but ordinary though <laughs> all right well let's talk about it johnny this is track eight anything but ordinary Is it? 
Um, I gotta tell you, Johnny, I'm right back into it. I think this song fucking slaps. I love this song. This is great. It's good. That first verse does have big, you laugh because I'm different, I laugh because you're all the same energy. Oh, yeah. Which I could relate to at the time for sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I'll be honest, listening to this song, you know, in 2021, this song has big cry for help vibes just all over it. Like mm-hmm. somebody is it leave me here to bleed. Is it enough to die? Somebody saved my life. I'm like, if if I got a friend that's singing this song, I'm going to, I'm going to keep them close. I'm going to stay close to them. I'm going to, I'm going to like throw a hand on the shoulder every once in a while and like, you know, kind of tether him back to reality. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, th- this is, this is very much like. 17 year old poetry journal you know you're like whoa like i'm the dad and i find this in my uh, daughter's room and i'm like oh no what do we we gotta talk about this and she's like this is just normal (sighs) yeah i i uh i felt i felt that i felt concerned for her i had some like dad instincts kicking through now that i'm you know uh, a 32 year old man being like do we do you want to talk about something how was school today Uh, boy troubles what's uh... uh yeah guys can be mean they can be definitely mean. <laughs> yeah no this is a this is a good one this is a good one and this this feels like it could be a slower song on a pop punk album yeah to me yep but i i, I still think that this has like it's it feels like very much i guess in the context of the rest of the album like alt rock vibes or yeah, or it could almost be almost like Michelle Branchy kind yeah. of, yeah, which is a similar era, like the the yeah. you know singer songwriter era, basically. And mm-hmm. um, one thing I do have to point out about this one is in the bridge uh, that this world is a beautiful accident, turbulent, succulent, opulent, permanent. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, succulent stuck out to me. I mean, succulent, opulent, permanent. These aren't synonyms. What, what these are are things that kind of rhyme. And I Googled it, Johnny. Rhymezone.com came out in 1996. So I'm sure she was using Rhymezone.com and she was like, what is like accident? What rhymes with accident? And they were like, succulent. turbulent, succulent, opulent, permanent. And then she was like, great. These are the ones that I'm putting into the song. It's weird. You know, when I hear the word succulent, 90% of the time, I do think of the plants. Yeah, me too. And I know she's not talking about the plants here. No. And descri- describing, honestly, anything as succulent is absolutely fucking vile. Yeah, I mean, like, it, the only other thing that you can describe as succulent is, like, like a very, like, a, a very, like, um... A greased up pig, like a greased up pig on a spit. Yeah, it, it's, I was trying to think of the, the adjective. It's, it's kind of like, um... Greasy, I think maybe would be like like lip smacking, like ooh succulent. I, like you're right. It's a it's a perv word to use, and I don't ever want to hear any of our listeners keep that word out your fucking mouth because it's, it's not too, a good word. It's too horny of a word to describe food. It's too horny of a word to describe food, Johnny. I love that you brought up horniness. Thank you so much for talking about horniness because I want oh, to talk to you about what a track segue. nine things I'll never say. All right, well, I, I want to submit this into the record, Johnny, officially into the record on Bill Butts. Here's the chorus for this song. 
If I could say what I want to say, I'd say I want to blow you away. Be with you every night. Am I squeezing you too tight? If I could say what I want to see, I want to see you go down on one knee. Marry me today. Guess I'm wishing my life away with these things I'll never say. Johnny, I got to tell you, this wins. This episode's horniest song. This is the <laughs> horniest song on the episode. No contest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was this was wild to actually hear what she was saying. It's very horny. And big, big um polka dot undies vibes. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that song. Mm-hmm. Well, well yeah. the, the other thing about this song is it's like it's being very coy. The the blow you away. I'm like, I clearly heard blow you away, whatever. When she says go down on one knee, it sounds like on me. It sound it sounded the same when I was listening to it for the first time. So I'm like, did she say should did she just not like straight up just say, but then she does say marry me today, and I'm like, oh, okay, it is on one knee. But also, you know, shout out to the 17-year-old for wanting Get some it, reciprocal girl. oral sex. You know, uncles go down on your wives. I think it's I think it's beautiful. Welcome to uh, Canada. Uncles go down on your wives? Yeah, uh, people who listen to Hey Riddle Riddle will want me to have said that. So that's oh, okay. just a thing that I've... Like when you say like pre-chorus and I say like pre-chorus can still get you pregnant. It's just like things sure. that I have to kind of say because that's my brand of like just the person I, I am. You, you get it. I assumed it was maybe like a lost... John Mayer lyric. Fathers, be good to your daughters. And uncles, go down on your wives. It's great. I like this song a lot. It's really, really good. It gets me horny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly a great song. I don't know why, but I was honestly getting like a a kind of a Taylor Swifty vibe in this song. Sure. Maybe it's just the talk of like marrying me. Because I feel like that's something that Taylor Swift would talk about, like getting married all the time. Um. But Does Taylor Swift ever sing about going down on anyone? She should. She should. <laughs> she deserves it. <laughs> now that I think that she is past the age where she should have had a couple of songs about that at this point. <laughs> she's she's prolific. She puts out a lot of music. She. Do, I mean, yeah. statistically, there's got to be at least one. <laughs> yeah, but this song's good. Like, um, you know, I I, I felt like when we got to. Uh, tomorrow, I was like, "Oh no, this what uh, is this album going to take a turn?" But anything but ordinary and things I'll never say. I think are really good songs. They're very I fun agree. songs. Um, all right, yeah. let's let's talk about track ten. This is my world. What's what's weird is that this is we're now like ten tracks into the album, and I was just thinking about this in like context of I think the song is fine. I like this song. It's 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 yeah. not my favorite, but it's good. I, it's not even not offensive. I, I like it. But if you listen to Skater Boy in this song, and you were like, "What kind of style do you think her music is?" I would be like, "I don't know," because they're they sound so different to me. It's it's wild. It's yeah. wild. And this this one also like. 
especially the beginning, it has a very the the content in the beginning, I think, is is country. Yeah. You know, like like small town, like five thousand population, um, made my money by cutting grass. Like it's all very like got fired by a fried chicken ass. Now I looked this small up. Town Napanee. I looked this up because I was like, what could this possibly mean? And she truly worked at a chicken place in high school and she got fired um by the person. A fried there. chicken ass. And Later, she felt bad about that, and she went and apologized to the manager for calling him a fried chicken ass in this song. Which that's I don't like. I don't like that. Never apologize to these managers, Avril Lavigne. But uh, no, the the impulse to do that shows me that she's a good person. Th- yeah. But she should have. She should have not. Yeah, she of course she should never apologize for for getting fired. That's or for calling your boss a dick for doing it. But um. Yeah, but she did. She apologized to that fried chicken ass. Johnny, also, fun fact, the street that uh, my dad's house was on, uh, so I didn't really grow up there, but this is w- when I was a kid and I stayed at my dad's house, the street that he lived on was called Napanee. So me and Avril Lavigne oh. are both Canadians. Nice. Yeah. At the end of the chorus, I'm off again in my own world. That sounds like a TV show theme song. <laughs> and that's like, my own world was filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but this song, it's, it's kind of catchy, it's okay, but it's, it's not my favorite on the album, but it's not bad. Yeah, same. Uh, let's talk about track 11, Johnny. This is Nobody's Fool. Uh-oh. This was another one that Incubus didn't want. Yep. <laughs> Okay, I, I got a lot to say about Nobody's Fool, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, we truly don't have much time to say it, but I don't know, when this hit at number 11, I was like, is she, oh, she, she's rapping? She's doing some, like, some light, some light rapping on this album? What? This would have been a great song for someone else to come and do the verses. Oh, that yeah. That would have been fantastic. And then, and, and now suddenly we're doing a new metal album. Where we're just doing like someone else's rapping and she's because the chorus of this I kind of like. I kind of like the Same. chorus. But here's my problem with this. It's like it's a rap song you're introducing to us. And it's not like she it's not like a rap song that it feels like she truly wants to be doing, you know? It just feels like she's kind of doing it. It is almost exactly the same song as like Skater Boy or complicated it's another song about trying to make her something that she doesn't feel comfortable with being so complicated it's complicated again in the exact same way it's like hitting it over the head twice and it's like four minutes long and there's a lot of la la la's in it so it feels like did you just not write lyrics here or i was so confused by what the song was doing on this album It, it was mystifying to me i'll tell you my experience with this song every time because I just had this on like while I was working. Sure. Every time this song came on, the I'm not the milk and Cheerios in your spoon line shocked me. 
it it like woke me up from what I was doing. <laughs> it it was it is such a strange line. It's so weird to mention like a a product like that. Yeah. It, she could have said cereal. It's the same number of syllables. Cheerios. Yep. Sounds similar. But it's Cheerios and it was just like every time it was like what the what the fuck? It was like <laughs> it was jarring. It's it like it's like her, her this line in this song is almost like you know when you're watching a movie and they like say the title of the movie in oh, the movie. Yeah. That's what this line was for me. I was like, oh, I'm listening to like music. Like I'm listening to a person like writing things. Well, it literally would be that if the album was called Milk and Cheerios in My Spoon, <laughs> which I think is a better name than Let Go, which was it was named after a track that got dropped off the album. Um, so Incredible. You know, Milk and Cheerios in My Spoon, technically a better track or a better, better album name. That's all I have to say about this song. Did you like the song, Johnny? <sighs> it's fine. I... I it's fine. It's weird. I don't know what it's doing here. It's fine. I, I gotta say that I don't necessarily. No, I will. I'll go on record in saying I think tomorrow is a skip for me. I think nobody's fool is not a skip for me. I just don't think it belongs on the album. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's like this album could have been short four songs and it would be great. And nobody's fool is one of them that I just did not need here. Yeah. Let's talk about track 12, Johnny. This is too much to ask. All right, that's a little bit of too much to ask. Um, I mean, at this point, I'm like, she's got more slower songs on this album than I mm-hmm. recalled. Like, from from listening to this album before and just, like, you know, recalling it in memory, I was like, mm, there's... It feels like there's way more songs on this than I remember. This one, again, for me, is kind of forgettable. It's about, like, a boy that didn't call her when she was 14, which I'm like, that's not subject matter for a song. I'm sorry, it just does not strike me as subject matter for a song or maybe that this is just it's like it's either too on the nose or maybe it's just like the lyrics are too like nah like nothing i don't know this one did not capture me i really liked the chorus on this one um this was another one where the the chorus just like kind of grabbed me every time um and you know i I can relate because who who hasn't who hasn't been chosen, uh, who hasn't had someone choose weed over them, you know, in a relationship. I I also thought that that was so funny, like 2002, like the anti drug message, you know, from the punk band. It's just like, man, it doesn't make sense. Like if your your punk persona can't just be like, I I guess there was like you know the uh, what's that band that did the two stoned Nintendo. Uh, the Flavor your boyfriend, the he don't know anything about me. You're too stoned. Uh, 
Nintendo. The, the song's called Fla- Flavor of the Week. Is it Bowling for Soup? No. No. American Hi-Fi. Yeah, fuck. It's American Hi-Fi. But but that song was also like, you're too stoned. Like, it, it kind of felt like anti-weed a little bit too. So I'm not sure if like the moment was just, you know, that was... Interesting. Zeitgeisty. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it all, it always strikes me as a little weird when something like that happens in, in this I don't know. In 2002, I was too fucking high to remember anything that was going on. Too stoned. Nintendo for me. So that's... <laughs> That's all I could say. Uh, Johnny, I I think that at three minutes and 45 seconds, this one felt long. Yeah, I think I do think a lot of these songs, especially on the back half, are could have could have used a a little off the top. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Um, All right. Hey, Johnny, speaking of off with the top, uh, let's talk about track 13. This is Naked. I'm sorry. All right, that is a little piece of Naked. Johnny, I'll tell you what I told you when we reviewed this song on the Spice Girls album. Not for me. Not into it. Was there a song called Naked on the Spice Girls album, too? There certainly was, Johnny, and it, again, was not for me. And it was (laughs) the same thing. It was about being, like, emotionally vulnerable with a person, and I don't want to hear that song anymore. It is interesting that two years later, Green Day completely ripped her off with Boulevard of Broken Dreams. That in that a lot of the guitar in this is so Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Is it really? Oh man, God, Johnny! I just had the thought. Now I want to listen to it again. But then I thought, no, I don't. I don't want to hear the song again. Uh, But look, I did not think that this song was bad. I thought that the song was just kind of like nothing as well. I even wouldn't mind this song as the last song on the album if the previous two songs were not on the album. Yeah, I. I think this was a good like ending song for the album. Yeah, I, I I was trying to go through the track list to see if I could think of anything that was like maybe that I would have liked better for ending the album. The only thing that I could come up with was like I think this song is a better song than tomorrow. I would just lose tomorrow off the album. Um, but I think it's fine. This feels like the last song on an album too. And I think that if this were the tenth track on the album instead of the thirteenth, it would be a mm-hmm. totally fine ending point. But as it is, I was like, I did not like ending the album with three songs that I was like, ugh, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I especially when it started off with six songs that I loved. It, it, I wonder if it would have, if the second half, if they just mixed the songs up a little bit, I think that it would have been a better album. Well, the other thing- it's. So front loaded. This album clocks in at 48 minutes, which in my mind is long, especially for a debut. Mm-hmm. But it may not have been 
it might not have been long for a debut back then. Like that might have been like the length that people were shooting for. But like I feel like Olivia Rodrigo's album was what like thirty minutes or something like that. Like I feel like nowadays if you're gonna do like your debut, you can get away with doing a little bit less and leaving well, some these, of the filler off. These kids and their attention spans, you know. I know, dude. It's, it's all we live in the TikTok generation. You can't do an album that's more than twelve seconds. Yeah. Did you see she did a TikTok with Tony Hawk? Avril Lavigne did. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. And she was just like skateboarding. Like Tony Hawk was like, I don't know. She was like, yeah, I haven't skateboarded in like years, but I wanted to get back into it. So Tony Hawk helped me. And oh, it was just like them hanging out. Hey, that's fine. Why not? It's really nice. Uh, okay, Johnny. Well, speaking of really nice, it's been a really nice catching up with you, my friend. But we have a job to do. This is work, that's true. and we must do our duty. So, Johnny. What do you think of this album? Are you going to recommend it to people? And where do you think that you would put it on your Bill Buds Top 100? Now, here's the thing. I think this album has some issues. Okay. I think some of the tracks are a little long. We could have lost a couple. I agree. But I really liked it. I listened to it a lot of times. I had a great time listening to it. Even the songs that I had never heard before, most of them I enjoyed quite a bit. So I, I think I'm going to make a return to my top 100. Whoa, which, Johnny, it's been a minute since you've been on your top 100. It has. Uh, I, I think I'm going to put this... <sighs> There's no way that I haven't put something here already, but 99. <laughs> well... Of course you are. You know this. You know that you've put something at 99, Johnny. So I'll tell you what it is, and you can tell me where you want to shift this. 1999, I love how you're like, I'm going to put it on there, and you're putting it barely on there. You've got the Postal Service's give up at 99, Johnny. So would you like to go uh, 98 or 100? Which Where are you going with this? Putting something fuck. at 100 is almost like putting something at number one. I I completely agree, which is why I didn't put this at 100. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I... Yeah, okay, so I'll put, I'll put, I'll put this at 98. Okay, so that's... You, you, we, we've, we've run into this issue before, Johnny, because that's a Khalid's American teen, isn't it? God damn it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is certainly not better than... American teen. Can I? You can butt postal service to a hundred. You know what? In a way, that feels good. Okay. Okay. So this one, Avril Lavigne's "Let Go," going in at ninety nine. Postal service is now your hundredth <laughs> best album. And Johnny, I gotta be honest with you. Just stay away from the the, the you know <laughs> ninety five or ninety six through hundred. Just stay away from it. It's not for you anymore. Okay. It's it. This is so hard. This is so hard. We just can't listen to any more pretty good albums. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a lot of room left on this for pretty good albums, but. Yeah, you, you'll have to make some hard choices. What I assume, Johnny, as this podcast goes on, you'll just keep putting things in a spot like 97 and then shifting your entire list up <laughs> forever until you're like, I guess the Spice Girls is my second favorite album of all time, just by default of me having to place all these other albums in there. 
I'm eventually going to accidentally make future sex love sounds number one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Johnny, I would love to recommend this album uh, to to people to listen to, but I want to recommend the JPC cut of this album. So the JPC cut of this album is you do not listen to tracks 7, 11, 12, or 13. That's right. You cut four tracks off this album. It is now a nine-track album that ends with... um, Oh, what does it end with? I guess it ends with My World, uh, because you got to have that song in there about her fried chicken ass. And I think that that song is also like uh, her most like personal song, because it's about where she's from and everything. And then I think you got a great album, an album that I would consider putting on my top 100. But since I can't put a JPC cut on my top 100, I have to say, Avril Lavigne, I am letting you go from being on my top 100. Uh, I remembered this album being more pop punk than it was. It was kind of alt rock. I don't think alt rock is really i could be wrong there could be an incubus album out there that i really love but we don't have any oh, i would on my top 100 yet and it's not going on there today i would love to do some incubus <laughs> i know i know show. you would you fucking sick perv hey speaking of sick pervs they're just so succulent <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you would like to support the show, we are at patreon.com slash billbudspod. You can support the show for whatever. It's, you know, pay what you can. You also get some bonus episodes if you do it. It's a completely independent show. Uh, we don't have any outside financing from the fat cats in Washington. Um, so if you uh, if you like the show, consider throwing us a buck and then go listen to some of the bonus episodes that we have on there because they're a lot of fun as well. Uh, Johnny, anything else that you would like to say? You know, it's... It's hot today, but I did just get some Pillsbury, um, the pumpkin cookies, oh, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. take and bake cookies. I know. And that means it's almost Weeztoberfest, which is just so exciting. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Everybody is ready for Weeztoberfest. Um, but before we can get to Weeztoberfest, we have like, you know all of September to do more podcasts. So that's going to be very exciting. We're very excited about that. And we're even more excited about Weeztoberfest, which is right around uh, the corner. We can feel the old pumpkins pinch in the air. Yep, it's right after Mumford and Sons Timber. <laughs> no, no, not a visual, not a visual. We tip our hats to you, and we wish you a very fond farewell. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We go to make a lot of noise. Them real ones, them good girls, and them bill bus. <laughs>